0: Good morning and welcome to the feast day of Corpus Christi. We're going to have a very special show for you today. Um, We're going to be covering both some difficult topics and some uh, inspiring topics all in this first hour. In fact, uh, Trish Short is going to be our guest in the guest segment. You might recognize Trish Short, or at least her voice, possibly her likeness as well, because every day in the Divine Mercy Hour... You can hear her singing uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, across the Guadalupe Radio Network side. And on the EWTN side, they play the video of her um, you know, singing the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So Trish Short is going to be our guest. She has a new song out in honor of the feast day of of Corpus Christi called I Am the Bread. We will be playing that song on this show in this hour in our guest segment, so Trish Short's going to be our, our guest. We're going to be talking about the, the Holy Eucharist, especially. You know, one of my favorite uh, early church fathers is St. Ignatius of Antioch, and he once said in his letter to the Romans in 110 A.D., I have no taste for corruptible food, nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, who was of the seed of David, and for drink I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. That was 110 A.D. St. Ignatius of Antioch, pray for us. Also in this hour coming up, we're going to be talking about the increase in hate crime against Asians. Is there an increase? Are we seeing an actual rise in violence against Asian people in America? If so, what is the cause of this? What is going on with this? To answer these questions, or at least to help us better understand, is Kangman Lee. He is a Korean Christian conservative podcaster, and he is going to be on our program in the What's Concerning Us section coming up in just a little bit. So all of that coming up in this hour. If you're able to join us in the second hour, we would love to have you, we will have our fear and trembling game show and prizes are involved so stick around for that you can find details on our website at grnonline.com forward slash uh, cdt good morning to you janelle good morning joe praise be to god you said there was uh, hardly any good news in the news today well it was a
5: little bit harder to find but i managed to um scrape some off of the internet so <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, hopefully be. the good news comes in the next hour yes. in, in this hour it's all pretty hard hitting though
5: that's very true. That's very true. And but there's
0: some big, uh, big, big news out there. Iran's oh, yes. largest naval ship has has uh, gone to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, there's the big, huge treasure, treasure trove of emails from Doctor Fauci that have hit uh, the the news uh, cycle. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. And if we have time today, I would love to discuss Phil Lawler's uh, commentary on what, whether or not uh, Pope Francis will, in fact. Um, put the hammer on the traditional Latin mass, and if so, what that might do uh, for the future of the pontificate. So, all of that coming up on today's show. Speaking of impact, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here, as usual. Praise, praise be, be to again. God. Absolutely. Yeah, praise be Loving to God. It. Now, did you get any sleep? But you haven't slept in the last few days last night, checked,
6: Yes, I, I've been, uh, <laughs> been having a rough time falling asleep the last few days. But, you know, I'm here and it's, uh, it's trucking along and, uh, we got a lot going on in the, on the backside end. Uh, we're moving a show from Dallas to Houston. So we've been working on that in the studio. So it's been a lot of fun, but yeah. uh, praise be to God.
0: Uh, I, We get to suffer for God. Amen. Praise Praise be to God God for that. All right. So again, we're going to have Kang Min Lee here coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about a rise in Asian hate crimes and what is causing this. What is the deal going on? Uh, We're seeing all these news stories. That's coming up in a few minutes. Plus, breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day and a reflection brought to you by verboom.com forward slash GRN. All that coming up in just a few minutes. Plus, Trish Short will be on in our guest segment later this hour. Let's jump into it and pray. And because it is the uh, the month of the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are going to pray and ask for him uh, to cover us in his most uh, precious blood today. All of your needs, dear listener, are also included in that prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessing abundantly upon thy church, Upon the Supreme Pontiff, upon the clergy, give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, the headlines with Janelle A.
5: With Vatican News, the UN says that COVID-19 has pushed 100 million more workers into poverty. The disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic have forced over 100 million more workers into poverty worldwide, a UN labor agency said in a report released on Wednesday. Relative to 2019, an estimated 108 million more workers around the world are categorized as moderately or extremely poor, indicating that their families survive on less than $3.20 per person per day. This significant increase in poverty is due to lost working hours amid lockdown measures implemented during the pandemic, outright job losses, and a decline in access to good quality jobs. The ILO cautions that the labor market crisis created by the pandemic is still far from over and the employment is not expected to return to pre-pandemic levels until 2023 at the earliest. At the end of 2021, the planet will still have 25 million jobs short compared to if the pandemic had not occurred, and it would still count an estimated 23 million fewer jobs by the end of next year. The process of globally uneven economic recovery is expected to begin from the second half of 2021, with the progress in vaccination and large-scale fiscal spending. Recovery efforts are projected to result in the creation of 100 million jobs this year and an additional 80 million jobs in 2022. From the Hill, Democratic divisions threaten Biden's voting push. Democrats are facing significant internal stumbling blocks to getting their voting rights legislation through the Senate as President Biden calls on Congress to get his the bill onto his desk. Senate, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer is driving Democrats towards a fight later this month in a sweeping election reform bill that, among other provisions, would aim to expand access to the ballot by creating nationwide election standards. But divisions in the 50 member Member Senate Democratic Caucus, coupled with disagreement on what to do about the senator's filibuster rules, are lowering the odds that a bill makes it to the White House at all. Democrats view the legislation as a top priority as GOP state legislatures across the country introduce, debate, and pass bills to place new limits on voting. However, the legislation does not have the backing of all 50 members of the Democratic Caucus. The Epic Times reports that Israel has arrested their top Hamas terror leader in West Bank. The Israeli military announced on Wednesday that it has arrested a senior leader of the Hamas terrorist group in the occupied West Bank. He was arrested late Tuesday in the city of Ramallah by the Israel Defense Forces elite Duvdevan group in cooperation with the Israel Secretary Agency. The IDF alleges that They recently took part in organizing violent riots and sent into violence and trying to re-establish a base for the Islamic terrorist group in Ramallah. Hamas spokesman confirmed and denounced the arrest of its senior terror leader, saying that his apprehension will not silence the voice of the resistance in the West Bank and would not stop further activity by the group in the territory. The arrest came amid a general crackdown by Israel authorities on Hamas activities in the West Bank in recent days. A spokesperson for the Israel Security Agency told the outlet that more than 10 Hamas members were arrested on May 20th, including a prominent Palestinian politician. It is unclear if or how many members were later released. From LifeSite News, Canada's federal government paid nearly $10 million in COVID benefits to dead people. Canada's federal government paid out more than $9 million in COVID relief funds to deceased individuals. As first reported by a Black Locks reporter, According to documents the news site retained, the Department of Employment made automatic payments totaling $9,208,500 to 15,398 people who had died and were deemed beneficiaries of disability tax credits. In July 2020, the Canadian Liberal government under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had announced that it would give a one-time payment of $600 to Canadians with disabilities. According to the Department of Employment, the government will now be taking a post-payment review to determine whether there are any overpayments. The government's message appears to place the blame on the families of the dead who received the funds for not updating their loved ones' information in a timely manner. And those are your headline news.
6: The saint of the day is Charles Lawanga and the 22 martyrs of Uganda. Charles was born in 1865 at Bulimu, Buganda, Uganda. Charles uh, was born in Uganda on the continent of Africa in the last half of the 19th century. He and the other young men and boys were required to work for King Mwanga. Mugwan- King Mwanga was an evil man who treated all people harshly, especially the boys who worked for him. Charles and his friends learned about Christianity from the Society of Missionaries of Africa who were working in Uganda. They learned about Jesus and asked to be baptized. They became followers of Jesus Christ. The missionaries also tried to keep the boys safe from the king. One day, the king forced the missionaries to leave the country, so Charles began teaching people about Jesus. There were only a few hundred Christians in Uganda at the time. He also worked to protect his friends from the wicked king. The king became so angry that he ordered, ordered Charles and his friends to be put into prison and then killed in 1886. They were forced to walk 37 miles to the place where they were burned to death. Charles and his friends are called martyrs because they died for their faith. Charles Luanga and the other Ugandan martyrs were canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1964. St. Charles Luanga is the patron saint of African youth. St. Charles
0: Loanga, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying, He is one and there is no other than He. And to love Him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that He answered with understanding, He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask Him any more questions. The Gospel of the lord
7: Regina,
0: praise to you lord jesus christ you know, this uh, gospel reflection is uh, underwritten by verboom.com forward slash grn, verboom.com forward slash grn. Very grateful for their support for our show. But this is uh, an ongoing, uh, we've been looking at Mark's gospel here and we see these repeated attempts, the the Herodians and the Pharisees teaming up together to try to ensnare him and entrap him. And then, of course, the Sadducees took their turn. And now we see the scribes trying their effort to, to snare him and to, to entrap him. And And yet Jesus, because he's the second person of the Trinity, he's God incarnate, he's no dummy, he knows their hearts, their minds, and their intentions, he knows what's coming, he he pulls the trap and switches it around on them. But yet we see something different going on in this exchange. You know, I've made this point repeatedly on this show when we look at the gospel passages. There is no real dialogue with the scribes, the Pharisees, and and et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't dialogue with them. He calls them out. And yet we do see some dialogue here. Why? What's the difference? Well, the Navarre commentary said this, quote, "...even so, the well-intentioned question put by the scribe is quite different..." From the previous ones. Therefore, Jesus devotes time to instructing him, and the scribe is able to discern the profundity of Christ's reply. So look at the difference. This person has sincere intention in asking and, and dialoguing with Jesus, and Jesus recognizes that. What are your intentions today? What are my intentions today? Do we intend to test the Lord, or do we intend to learn, to come and have an intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Shema, hear, O Israel, this is the word that our Lord gives us today. Let us draw close to Him. On the other side of this break, we are going to be speaking about the increase in Asian hate crime. Don't go anywhere. A lot of Catholic drive time is coming your way. back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and it's great to be on with you. Coming up in about, I don't know, 20 minutes from now, Trish Short's going to be our guest in the guest segment. We're going to be taking a look at the Feast of Corpus Christi. She has a brand new song out, and we're going to be playing that as well as talking about uh, uh, this traditional feast day, Corpus Christi in the church. So that's coming up 20 minutes from now. Uh, Joining us right now via Zoom chat, Is Kangmin Lee? He is. uh, He's got a podcast called the Korean Christian Conservative. You can find it almost everywhere: iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Spotify. It's it's everywhere. And he looks at uh, sort of the contemporary problems in our culture from a a Christian uh, perspective, a conservative perspective. And we're very grateful to have him on our program today. Good morning to you, Kangmin Lee. Morning. How's it going? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? (laughs) I feel that same way. (laughs) Grateful to be alive. Uh, you know i we, we follow the news here. Uh, I look at the news every single day, and I have to say i 've never seen so many stories about uh, crimes against Asian people in our country uh, at this level ever i mean it I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere maybe it 's just from my perspective, but now every single day I see something there 's videos there's, and part of the question in my mind is one is Is there a rise in violence against Asian people in our country, and if so, why or if maybe there isn't but we 're seeing it more often why
8: what say you Kingman Lee uh, I would say there is a rise i wouldn 't say it 's a significant rise because it was pretty rare to begin with um but yeah the there is a rise, but the prevailing narrative that it's white supremacy and it was trump 's rhetoric that was fueling this quote-unquote surge in anti-Asian hate crimes is just um, malarkey, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, it's absolute nonsense because the ones who are uh, perpetuating these crimes and committing these crimes are unfortunately not white, and they are not, uh, you know, uh, champions of white supremacy. They're minorities, um, mostly black criminals in inner city communities. And that's just the truth. It's not racist to point out the identities of these people. And I think a lot of it has to do that. They are more emboldened with the fact that a lot of these inner cities are being defunded. The police are leaving the law enforcement, law enforcement there. There's not as much anymore. And when you think, consider all these things and on top of, I guess, even with the COVID stuff, you know, we all know it came from China. Um, I don't think it's necessarily white supremacy for black individuals in these inner city communities to attack Asians and blame them for COVID because these people are not inspired by Trump. They're not conservative by any means. And so when you look at the prevailing narrative, it's absolute nonsense. And the only reason why it blew up was because um, the whole, whole past year during COVID, actually, a lot of Asians were speaking out on this saying, oh, there's tons of Asian hate crimes. Um, this is all really rising and we're kind of worried about it. Uh, but most of the people uh, committing these crimes were Black. So the media, our, our establishment weren't talking about it until the Atlanta shooting where a white man, uh, killed six Asians for them being Korean and being Korean myself, you know, it was a very sad situation. And my hearts go out to the families and the victims, but you saw the media finally, finally jump on the stop Asian hate train when it was, you know, a thing for a whole year. Mm. And then they blew it up, blaming it on white supremacy and saying Trump was the reason for, uh, this. This massacre, the shooting, and also for all the other rise in uh, all the other instances of anti Asian hate crimes.
0: Kangmin Lee is our guest. Uh, he is uh, the host of Korean Christian Conservative Podcast. Again, you can, we'll link to it. You can find it everywhere and uh, podcasts are found. Um, so let me just back up for one second. So, all right. So you're saying that uh, there was a rise, a slight rise, because people were, uh, thinking that the a- all Asians are the same, obviously, that's a stereotype. And number two, uh, that they're somehow responsible for, uh, for COVID. I mean, I, I get the Trump rhetoric, and I agree with you, it is malarkey. But uh, mm-hmm. the people who are perpetuating these attacks, uh, do they have some motivating factor, or is, the, or is this just pure crazy and hate?
8: I think it's honestly just pure crazy and hate. Uh, the thing that the left and our media establishment and our pundits in our society today fail to realize is the reality of sin Mm. and of the reality of the brokenness in our society and they always have um to pin the reason for example oh like this all this poverty and gang violence and um just these really poor living conditions in these inner cities it's because of white supremacy it's because of the white man the white straight christian male and when you really look at it though like these people they're not I guess to a certain extent, you can attribute a lot of the racist policies of the past and maybe even today. But the reality is these people are just motivated by just pure carnal desires Mm. to uh, rape vulnerable women, to murder people who they seem vulnerable and just beat up people just for the sake of it. And so when you look at what's actually going on, um, black on Asian crime is a very, very common occurrence. And it's it constitutes most of the crimes against Asians, most of the violent crime in most of these cities. Uh, but I I, I wouldn't really try to like necessarily pin oh uh, like there is some conspiracy theory of this collusion of people having some sort of anti-Asian animus because of COVID. Mm. I honestly just think it's, you know, people people in these inner city communities, these thugs just attacking people who they seem who they view as vulnerable because most of the victims of these anti-asian hate crimes are elderly asian women and uh, men so i honestly think it's just thugs uh motivated by just rage and flesh their flesh just attacking people who they seem see as vulnerable and they just feel emboldened especially because of the masks you know so it's harder harder to identify them and on top of that i guess they do have maybe some sort of internalized racism for the lack of a better term i hate using that term but like they they sure. really do have uh they are race they are racist against asians and but it's not fueled by white supremacy per se so I, you're saying i'm sorry adrian Go ahead. yeah
6: I, I just thought that was a great point about the um original sin about sin being that we have a natural concupiscence a tendency towards sin based on original sin and uh we forget that and society tries to say well no Any kind of, uh, there must be an underlying cause to sin because they don't have any language for expressing uh, man's uh, direction towards sin just naturally and the natural inclination towards sin. Uh, But the question I wanted to have was the, especially since the rise in hate crimes against Asians tends to be around uh, with the black community, uh, would it happen to be uh, related to the, the, disproportionate amount of people who watch anime. Does that have anything to do with it?
8: Uh, I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but again, I would kind of go back to their earlier point uh, where you talk about sin and people trying to attribute uh, a lot of the, a lot of the root causes of the crime and the craziness we see in our society. It's really just goes back to sin and what leftism and wokeism tries to do today mm. is they try to replace um, original, like the, the idea of sin. And then so in their, in their worldview, the original sin is racism. So you have people like Nicole Hannah Jones and Ebram X. Kendi and these woke prophets per se crafting their own religion of wokeism, uh, where they have their own doctrine. And again, in Christianity, the original sin, you know, it's, it's from the fall. And the reason why we have a fallen nature is because Adam and Eve uh, decided to rebel against God in the Garden of Eden. But to these people, it's white people were the original, I guess, "quote unquote" Adam and Eve, and they committed the original sin of racism. So, therefore, the every single problem in our society, especially if you see any sort of disparity, uh, if you see disproportionate crime and disproportionate uh, levels of poverty uh, within the black community versus white people or Asian people or whatnot, it's because of white supremacy, is because of the original sin of racism. And, and in order to rectify that, we need to implement new policies and new things like abolishing the police and just completely overhauling the system in order to rectify this original sin of racism. So in in a way you see social justice activism being the means to salvation rather than the gospel. So wokeism and leftism is a complete uh, overhaul and it, in, an, in and of itself, a religion that tries to replace Christianity, especially because they see Christianity as an oppressive religion and an oppressive uh, ideology per se, uh, so that's kind of like what's really driving a lot of this, a lot of the craziness and a lot of the hype behind the media. And I guess it's, it's good, I guess, in a way that the hype died down because most people, I think, were realizing like, Oh, I'm hearing all these. I'm hearing that's white supremacy fueling it, but that every single video I see, it's a black person beating up an old Asian person. Yeah. And I just don't think that matches. And so I think a lot of people are waking up to the reality. It's shocking to see these videos. I mean, just people getting
0: decked, laid out in broad daylight. And you know, the one I saw the other day, and I, I, was it from New York? I can't recall. New York or California. It's, either, it's usually one or the other. And uh, the poor woman is laid out and everybody's just staring, just like looking on. It's nobody does anything nobody comes to the rescue nobody helps nobody there's not one man any, anywhere that will come and defend these people it seems rather uh odd to me in that from that perspective we have uh only a few minutes left with kangman lee he is the the host of the korean christian conservative podcast talking about asian hate crimes in our country uh, from the asian perspective how unified is the our asian uh in a people in america there's so many diverse backgrounds here i mean how unified are they on this issue what are are their uh courses of uh, action what can they do to to fight against this level of uh, violence against their people i mean what where do they go
8: so uh, i would say in general yes because asians tend to be very tribal so i know koreans are very very tribal and it's kind of ingrained in our culture because of Uh, the past of the Japanese annexation. We are a small country in the middle of Asia for thousands of years, always being attacked by Mongols and Chinese and Japanese, and whoever else wanted to, you know, take over our people. So Koreans are very tribal in the same way. A lot of Asians are just very, very tribal because the past of in Asia, and I think largely the world too, but especially in Asia, it was marked by conquest. And so I think that kind of plays into a lot of how Asians operate today in this country. So they're very tribal. And then, so they see an Asian, and it's like it's so weird because you know they categorized Asian American Pacific Islanders, and they they added Native Hawaiians as well this <laughs> past year. Yeah. Uh, and it's like it's like I have nothing in common with Samoans as right. a Korean. I really They're don't have much in common with, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I I don't have much in common with Indonesians, Sri Lankans, but right. they all just lump us together. uh And then kind of a lot of people buy into that because Asians are such a small minority in this country. Mm. So you see a lot of people, like if there's a uh, old Chinese woman get like pummeled in the face, uh, you'll see a Japanese person speak out and say, Oh, stop Asian hate. This is, this is bad. But the problem is, is that a lot of the pretty infographics and a lot of the anti-racist ca- hate campaigns that they pr- like, there's this uh, new Asian American foundation that Jeremy Lin, uh, Lisa Ling, and all these other uh, woke Asian pundits and celebrities put together and they already raised like $250 million or something like wow. that to combat race, uh, racism, combat uh, hate. But the thing is, it's like, what are the, what are these things going to do? Cause the problem is the violent thugs committing these crimes. They're not inspired by pretty infographics and you right. know, cliche anti-racist yeah. campaigns. They're, yeah. They're, they're not the one they're, they're not, you're not reaching these people. Ultimately, these things aren't going to inspire them because a lot of them are stuck in drugs, gang violence, yeah. and a lot of the time, the only way out for these people is the gospel. Amen. So, so then, you know, this sin will always exist, but then how do we prevent this? We need to give Asians um, guns, be able to protect them, and also increase law enforcement. That's the only way to really protect them.
0: We are out of time. Kang Min Lee has been our guest a Korean Christian Conservative Podcast. Thank you, sir, for your time. God bless you and God love you. We'll be right back drive headed
4: your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric? That it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, It didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org.
0: Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
5: Good morning. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle, a, and here are your headline news. Looking at the news, Australian state moves to cancel Catholic cemeteries. In other news, Reuters says we cannot postpone again, Tokyo 2020 boss says of COVID gloom. The head of Japan's Olympics organizing committee ruled out on Thursday another suspension of the Games, despite deep disquiet at the prospect of thousands of athletes and officials arriving during a fourth wave of COVID-19 infections. Already postponed from last year at the cost of an extra $3.5 billion, a scaled-down version of the Games with no foreign spectators is set to start on July 23. But with a slow vaccine rollout, Tokyo and nine other regions under a state of emergency and rising number of severe coronavirus cases, most Japanese oppose hosting the Olympics. Most of the capital city's council, the Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly, agree, the Tokyo Shimbun reporter r- paper reported on Thursday. is illustrating the public anxiety, residents in one training revenue, Ota City, were furious over a decision to give preferential vaccinations to staff attending to visiting Australian softball players. From the Epic Times, Chinese Wind Farm Project in Texas, a threat to national security. A proposed Chinese wind farm in Texas poses national security concerns, warned Ki- Kyle Bass a China watcher and hedge fund manager. The Blue Hills wind development in southwest Texas Val Verde County has attracted heightened scrutiny in recent months, with lawmakers and experts signaling concern that the Japanese, pro- the Chinese project could be used as a cover for espionage and to disrupt the state's power grid. The proposed wind farm site is about 30 miles from the U.S.-Mexico border, and near the Laffin Air Force Base, the U.S. Air Force's largest pilot training facility. The land for the wind farm is owned by a Chinese company called GH America Investments Group, which has since 2015 bought 1,300,000 acres of land, an area the size of Tulsa, Oklahoma and Valverde County. The man behind the firm is Sun Guixin, a businessman from the Western Xinhuang region in China who has strong ties to the communist regime son, a former military officer, is currently the richest person in Xinjiang, where the regime is committing genocide against ethnic Muslim minorities. He has a net worth of $1.9 billion, and was also the vice chairman of the Xinjiang Provincial Youth Federation. My view is that the reason that he bought the wind farm and wants to put up 700-foot turbines is he plugs directly into our electric grid. Well, plugging directly into our electric grid is something that should never happen. Spurred on by these security concerns, the Texas legislature recently unanimously passed legislation that would either ban individuals or companies connected with China, Iran, North Korea or Russia from entering into contracts relating to the state's critical infrastructure. The bill has also been sent to the governor for signature. If it is signed, it will take effect immediately. Lawsuit filed after teachers suspended for speaking about gender ideolo- ideology at public school board meeting, from the LifeSite News. Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys representing at Leesburg Elementary School teacher filed a lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools Tuesday after officials suspended him for voicing his objections to two proposed school policies during the public comment period of a school board meeting. The policies would force teachers to violate their conscience as educators and their deeply held beliefs by requiring them to address students with their chosen pronouns rather than the ones consistent with their biological sex. The teacher, where he respectfully explained his concern for students who struggle with gender dysphoria and also his concern for being forced to speak about something he knows to be false and to violate his beliefs. Two days after the meeting, the school had informed Tanner in a letter that he was being placed on administrative leave pending an investigation of allegations that he engaged in conduct that had a disruptive impact on the operations at the elementary school. The lawsuit Cross v. Loudoun County School School Board filed in London County Circuit Court explains that the school board's actions violated the Virginia Constitution when it punished Cross by retaliating against him, for expressing his beliefs in a public forum and also violated his free exercise of religion by discriminating against his religious beliefs. And those are your headline news.
0: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank GloryAndShine.com. GloryAndShine.com for generously underwriting a portion of our program today. Catholic owned and operated family company making beautiful products that uh, are personal health care products like uh, soaps and and things like that. I use their beard care, their beard balm products. It's the packaging alone is worth every penny. It's so beautiful. But uh, we're just very grateful for their support. Gloryandshine.com. Don't forget to join our email list today. We send out unique and, and exclusive content just to the superfans on the email list. comes out every Thursday afternoon, so today's the day we'll be sending something very special to your inbox later today. You can join our email list on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us right now via Zoom chat it's Trish Short. She is best known for... For singing uh, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy uh, every day, we play it here across the Guadalupe Radio Network on the radio, as well as EW10 plays it too. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, version of the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and uh, Trish Short is here to celebrate the Feast Day of Corpus Christi. Good morning to you, Trish.
9: Happy Feast of Corpus Christi.
0: Yeah, praise be to it's God.
9: Awesome to be on, you know. Thank Amen. You.
0: Amen. It is a it is a great day. You know, I, I was thinking this morning about one of my favorites, uh, or probably my favorite of all early church fathers, Ignatius of Antioch, um, in one ten A.D. How he witnessed to uh, what we believe as Catholics today about the Holy Eucharist. And this is like yes. this is you can't. It's hard to get much earlier, and besides the the Bible itself. Uh, It's so powerful and profound, and he talks in his letter to the Samaritans, take note of those who hold heterodox opinions on the grace of Jesus Christ, which has come to us, and see how contrary their opinions are to the mind of God. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer because they do not confess that the Eucharist is the flesh of our Savior Jesus the Christ. Uh, That is 110 AD in his letter to the Samaritans. Isn't that profound?
9: Profound, powerful.
0: Now, you wrote it. You just didn't say it better, right? I know, I, right? That's why I read it, because it's just so good. But uh, mm-hmm. now, you are—you have just uh, published uh, a brand new song uh, out mm-hmm. about uh, the the bread, the, the Holy Eucharist, the bread of life, mm-hmm. and you're going to premiere it. Has it been premiered, or are you premiering it right now?
9: Well, we sort of did a soft premiere on it on the Feast of St. Joseph. But my husband, uh, we have a small um, recording studio, and we also do... Uh, film and video that kind of thing and he travels a lot so he's really my in-house guy and uh wonderful so we really haven't um released it on uh divine mercy and song channel which is my biggest channel uh we're starting a smaller one um just for some vlogs and things like that going into the future but, you know, I, in my work, I sort, sort of stop, start, stop, start, because my husband is my engineer, and he's often on the road, you know, um, working. So uh, today is really it. You know, I thought, what what a better way to um, get this song out there other than on the Feast of Corpus Christi. It's, um, as a as a revert, it's a real important song to me, and... Um, was I actually asked the Lord for it, and also um, the first scratch track was done in the JP2 house up at the um, Marians of the Immaculate Conception in Stockbridge, when wow. we were there uh, a Mercy Sunday weekend to do the chaplet. You know, I prayed for a song coming back to the church so late, Um what, 40 years of age after being away from the church for 20-some years, Mm. ending up in a born-again Pentecostal church. Um, I fell in love with the Word of God there and fell in love with Jesus. And the more I kept doing scripture study, um, because I was a youth director there and teaching Bible study, I was going, wait a minute, this is a Catholic book. (laughs) And I'm seeing... All this catechesis, you know, being confirmed, all these Catholic uh, doctrines and dogmas, you know, just I'm seeing them in the scripture and I'm going, uh oh, you know, and so it sort of came a point where as a post-abortive mom, tragically, you know, that knock at the door came um, and it was like, well, what about those two abortions? And I knew I needed confession. I, I, I was, and I knew I was starving for the Eucharist because I, of course, I was raised Catholic. And, um, once I came back, there was no turning back. Many profound and very grace filled events took place to, um, confirm He is who He is. Um, He is the true presence. He, um, he called me from the tabernacle, and I had no other Catholics in my life at the time. So the Lord had to do something to really shake me up, and uh, the the true presence became um, just everything to me. And I, I, I begged the Lord one day for a song that would, um, if even a Protestant would hear it, you know, they can't deny Scripture. They can't deny the words in John. They can't deny the bread of life. Discourse, it's just not necessarily spoken often in a a Protestant or born-again church. Um, The interpretation is different. So I asked the Lord for the song, and he he took me to the Bread of Life discourse, and that's how the song came together, is really a sinner crying out, starving for the Bread of Life. That's, That's how it began. Uh, was first laid down like I said at the the Marians hold that thought
0: uh, sorry Trish to cut you off we're up against a hard break we're gonna go to break we're gonna come back and we're gonna play for you this brand new song out by Trish Short in honor of the feast day of Corpus Christi I am the bread is the title and on the other side of this break you'll get to hear and see it if you're watching on live video we'll be right back don't go anywhere
7: St. Benedict calls the monastery a school for the Lord's service
5: one Minute Monk, Abbot Placid
2: Zolari of Belmont Abbey.
7: St. Benedict wants nothing harsh or burdensome, but knows that some strictness may be necessary. When we remember school, we know that it was not all easy or fun. We needed some discipline, which comes from the word for learning. It took time and practice to write a research paper or master a language or learn fractions. A good life is the same. We have to work at it consistently over time. Only then do we develop those habits of virtue which make us skilled at being good, which make the hard things easier.
4: For your free copy
5: of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com.
7: School may have been difficult, but now we treasure the learning. The same is true for our lives in The School of the Lord's Service.
6: mm mm-hmm.
0: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you uh, for uh, sharing that with us, Trish Short, as our guest. The song is I Am the Bread, and uh, it's the official music video we played it on the live video stream. And, of course, you heard the audio across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross. That's a beautiful song, Trish.
9: Thank you so much. From the depths of my heart, you know, I I pray that... um It can help to call, you know, Catholics who were sacramented and left the church back to the church, back to the sacraments. How desperately we need them right now. Jesus is waiting for them, you know, to make a good confession, to receive the bread of life. Don't you love the place in the diary of St. Faustina where Jesus tells her that her strength would come from frequent communions? And that is our strength.
0: Amen. 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 I want to ask you uh it it was very beautifully filmed too by the way. Um now I, I well, looking at the the first Let's say the first half of that video, uh, for the sake of the radio audience, I should probably describe this. I sometimes forget. So in the video itself, and we'll link, you can go to YouTube, type in Trish Short, uh, you know, Divine Mercy. You'll find, you'll find her channel, you'll find her song, and we'll of course link to it on, uh, our social feeds as well. However, in the video, for the first half is a church that's empty, a church that's, looks to me, it looked abandoned to me, like it was a deconsecrated church. And I felt, and it was dark. Darker or a little, not really darker, but like a, a little bit more uh, um, somber. I guess would be a good way to describe the yes. scene. Yes. And you know, the, there's the empty sanctuary space, the altar's gone, things are missing. Right. It doesn't feel quite yes. right. And then, of yes. course, the second half, you're in a different church, candlelight, warm, inviting, beautiful. And then there's the priest holding up the consecrated host and adoring our Lord. It's a completely yes. different scene. In that, uh, where was the first half filmed?
9: The first half, but we um, worked with spirits who did uh, the veil removed, and um, we shot it all in Chicago. We shot in a, a, a former Catholic church, was the abandoned church. Wow! And I wanted because the the words are, "I give my life, I give my love, but the offering's not enough," you know, to to mend my heart, to save my wretched soul Mm. take me break me bread of life um god of love everlasting life cup of love everlasting life so that was really me you know uh that signified um a sinner who um had left the church and came running back as, as a sinner and like that abandoned church stripped of the altar you know i was not receiving the sacraments and i and i knew it and it came to the point where it, I was a sinner crying out for the bread of life. I knew there was more. I knew I needed confession. I knew I needed the sacraments. That's what brought me back to the Catholic church. So the abandoned church stripped of his altar. That's what it signifies. A sinner crying out to the only thing that can help The only one who can help who is the bread of life. Um, and then of course in the crescendo, when, when we go to Jesus's words in the bread of life discourse, is is when I wanted the reveal of the priest, because that that's everything, you know. And to, co- to be away from the church as long as I was, I can tell you, the first confession, the first Eucharist that I took um, after coming back in was nothing short of heaven coming down and seeing the supernatural. It's sort of like the rich man who has everything and then has nothing, you know. When I came back, the holiness was palpable, the consecration was palpable, the difference was palpable, the, the absolution, uh, confessing to abortions was nothing short of miraculous, nothing short of a visitation from God, the feeling, the release of the evil that had me bound, um, the bread of life taking the Eucharist, just there's a joy, you know, after you've been starving for so long. Uh, that creates such a change, it breaks my heart to think of of so many people who are sacramented don't understand the church or the sacraments, and are not going, and there's so much misery in the world, and he's waiting there for them. So that was really the genesis and reason for this song, um, yeah. is we're hungry, we need the Lord.
0: Amen. The song is called, I Am the Bread uh, by Trish Short. Uh, now, the YouTube channel. So you have two YouTube channels. One right. is the Divine, Mer- the Divine Mercy and Song. Uh, that's a pretty well-known channel. And then the second one is brand new. That you are actually going to be releasing this video on. Is that correct? Yes.
9: Yes. It'll be released. This will be released both on the bigger channel, uh, and to start get, getting people over to the Trish Short channel on YouTube where I'm going to be doing vlogs and things of that nature, uh, releasing other music, that kind of thing. We've really pretty much kept Divine Mercy and song reserved for all the Divine Mercy projects that I did in in cooperation with the Marians, the English, the Spanish, the Children's. um, They were all produced by us and um, over a seven year period. And so I'm kind of keeping it that even though we do have some Michael Bethay there, 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 there's a new channel that I'm launching both
0: wonderful on
9: the divine mercy and song and on Trish short. And, um, the track there'll, there'll be a link to the track, um, under this video on iTunes. And, um, I thank everybody for their support and, and I pray they use this as a witness to, people who don't believe in the true presence. I've had Catholics uh, since we did a soft launch, you know, private message me and say, I'm going back to the Eucharist. I'm going back to church. Amen. Um, So that's the whole idea is he, Jesus is waiting. And uh, this is just, um, I guess, an ordinary average sinner's cry to the Eucharist and, and uh, to Christ's words, his promise to us that, that he that he will raise us on the last day he is he is the bread of life I, I pray that more people enter into the true presence and as we see like Carlo Kudis and you see all these these great films coming out on the true presence now how important you know um, you know one last thought I once had dinner with I'm sure you're familiar with Joseph Torilla, a former Soviet dissident he is no longer with us but um, you know, when when the Soviet Union uh, and he lived there when Catholicism was illegal, they all went underground and I mean he's in and out of the gulag and they they couldn't just get the sacrament. They couldn't just take communion. They had to meet underground and so I also people should know mm. even looking at COVID, how do you know this we're always gonna be available, right? Yeah. It's always gonna be there for you. Don't run, take run, it for granted the
0: Lord. Well, we are out of time. Trish Short has been our guest. The song is I Am the Bread. Check it out on her YouTube channel and also on the Divine Mercy and Song channel as well. Trish Short, thank you for your time today. Thank you for the beautiful song.
9: Thank you so much, Joe. It's
0: an honor. God bless you, and God love you. Have a great day. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. We're going to have a great time giving away prizes this week in our Fear and Trembling Game Show, and you could win grnonline.com forward slash cdt for the details.
3: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
9: and inspired.
5: Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god?
3: In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshipping the false Queen of Heaven, doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our father in heaven god and there is a true queen of heaven we see this quite clearly in revelation 12 verse 1 and a great portent appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars let's see there's a woman she's in heaven and she has a crown on her head i could be wrong but i don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven.
2: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
0: GloryandShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk
2: about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun.
4: It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now
0: here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is good to be with you on this feast day of Corpus Christi. Gotta have a great show lined up for you this hour. We just wrapped up a great hour. Uh, Kingman Lee was on last hour. We talked about the increase in uh, crimes against Asian people in America and what were some of the causes, the motivating factors. What is going on? Turns out sin is to blame for most of it. I would agree, but there's things that are also contributing factors. And Kingman Lee discussed that. And we're going to be posting that conversation. Uh, later today, as an individual video that you can watch and, and listen to on our YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and cha- other channels, all of that which is linked on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We also had a great conversation with Trish Short. Uh, you, you might know Trish because every day in the three o'clock hour across the Guadalupe Radio Network, you can hear her beautifully sing the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, also on e w ten so uh, she has put out a song called "I am the Bread," and we we actually played the whole the whole song uh, even uh, shared the video on our YouTube stream as well and Facebook so praise be to God for that we 'll post that conversation later today, but the team is here. Good morning to you Janelle
5: Good morning, Joe. Happy feast day
0: praise be to God all good news today
5: it 's all good news right now
0: <laughs> all good right i mean it 's all positive upbeat. Happy news yes. in this hour. Be no negativity whatsoever. I'm teasing. There's be, there'll be a there'll be a taste. I'm sure. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning.
6: Good morning. Good morning.
0: Turn your mic on. Uh, yep. There here you we go. go. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Praise be to God. Good to be here. Yeah, it is good to be here. Anyway, uh, your dad liked the song last hour. I saw him. Yes, my dad I saw him commenting. So, uh, praise be to God. I'm glad, uh, glad my
6: family listens. Uh, my number one fans are my, uh, my mom yeah. and my dad and my grandma. So should I
0: interview them and find out if that's true or not?
6: If they're my number one fans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should, you should
0: interview all three of them and find out which one of them are my, is my real number one fan. That's, that's the real question. <laughs> I mean, should we have to keep their, uh, the, their identity anonymous? Like, uh, we black them out and put them in pro, you know, profile mode there and, and, uh, and change their voice so we don't know who's saying what. Should we do that? That'd be funny, wouldn't it? That would it's a, be It's a little extra, nice. but okay. <laughs> the real truth, the <laughs> hidden truth of Adrian Fonseca. Story at 11. That'd be good. Well, maybe we'll do that we'll someday. We'll see. All right. In this hour, we are going to do the uh, good news segment coming up with Janelle. Uh, Saint of the Day. Gospel of the Day. Generously underwritten by Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Praise be to God. And then we will have our fear and Trembling Game Show. And if I'm not mistaken, today is all easy question Thursday. And uh, so that means you could possibly win. You don't even need to know the answers anyway because you pretty much can guess them because I don't ask you. I ask the two of them and they sometimes they they throw some crazy answers out there that they're pretty obvious but uh, either way somebody's going to win the prize this week from proudcatholiccompany.com who is generously giving us a prize to give away which we will do tomorrow which means you have 3 chances today and 3 chances tomorrow to get in on that all you need to do is be our first caller when the time comes and if you want the phone number you can do Two things. You could either go into our website right now and find it listed there along with the rules, links to all the sponsors, all of that, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or you can just wait for me to give you the phone number, but the phone number is listed on the website and you can just call early. It's easier that way. All right. We're going to jump into it. Whatever your needs are, we're going to be praying and offering those up for sure, our own needs. By the way, real quick. If you are hanging out on a live video stream, like on one of the social platforms, and uh, and craziness begins to ensue, which it has lately, and you don't want to experience that, go to our website. You can hang out there, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can watch it live, and you can comment there as well, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Very easy to do. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessing abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now the good news with
5: Janelle Lay. Senator Scott introduces Bill to ban vaccine passports for domestic flights. Bishop Strickland ordains four new priests in the Diocese of Tyler. From the Epic Times, Florida's DeSantis signs record $101 billion budget with $550 million for teacher pay raises. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday signed a $101 billion budget that includes raises for teachers, police, and other first responders. The Republican governor signed the state's largest ever spending plan during a bill signing ceremony in New Smyrma Beach after vetoing $1.5 billion, including $1 billion in federal money for an emergency response fund he had, he had said had strings attached to it that made it unusable. The state's spending plan is an increase of more than $9 billion from the previous year, boosted by $6.9 billion in federal funds. The budget year starts July 1st. The state budget will see more than 175,000 teachers and 3,000 principals, as well as first responders receiving a $1,000 check. It also includes $22.4 billion for K-12 schools and $550 million to hike up teacher salaries to a minimum of $47,500. The minimum wage for government workers will also be raised to $13 an hour as part of the budget, while state attorneys, public defenders, and district court judges will get a 10% pay raise. The governor's veto included $1.35 billion from federal funds that the state had received under President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan. DeSantis told reporters Wednesday that those funds will no longer be set aside for emergency funds and future budget needs, as proposed by state lawmakers, but will instead be made available for other uses. The National Catholic Register reports the Archdiocese of Washington and Baltimore Province reinstate Sunday obligation. Six Catholic dioceses in Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, and Delaware will be lifting the dispensation from the Sunday obligation beginning June 26 to the 27th. In a joint statement on Wednesday, June 2nd, the bishops of the Archdiocese of Washington and the Province of Baltimore, which includes the Diocese of Willington Charleston, Wal- Richmond, Arlington, and Wilmington, as well as the Baltimore Archdiocese, welcomes the faithful back to Mass. We welcome and encourage the faithful to return to full in-person participation of the Sunday Eucharist, the source and summit of our Catholic faith, the bishops stated. They announced they were lifting the dispensation of the Sunday and Holy Days Mass obligations. The bishops cited a continued decline in the number of new cases of COVID-19, as well as the availability of the COVID-19 vaccine. The bishops added that the obligation to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days does not apply to the sick, those who believe they have been exposed to a serious or contagious illness, the homebound, or those with serious underlying health conditions. Safety measures at parishes will remain in place until altered or revoked by the local bishop. From our Sunday visitor, plenary indulgence granted to post-pandemic pilgrims in Italy. As COVID-19 restrictions continue to ease in Italy, the the country's bishops are hoping a new tourism initiative will attract would-be pilgrims. One way the June 1st through September 17th initiative, Ora viene il bielo, now comes the beautiful, hopes to draw pilgrims is by granting a plenary indulgence to those who visit one of Italy's many shrines. Cardinal Mauro Piacenza, head of the Apostolic Penitentiary, Vatican office that promotes and regulates indulgences, signed a decree granting a plenary indulgence after a request was made May 17th by Bishop Stefano Russo, General Secretary of the Italian Bishops Conference. Among the conditions for receiving an indulgence are a spirit detached from sin, going to confession as soon as possible, receiving communion, and praying for the intentions of Pope Francis. The Ora il Bello initiative will conclude September 17th, which will be known as Pilgrim Day and which will include a pilgrimage to the most important shrine of the diocese, where Mass will be celebrated. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Thursday.
6: The saint of the day is St. Charles Lawanga and the 22 Martyrs of Uganda. Charles Luanga was born in Uganda on the continent of Africa in the last half of the 19th century. He and other young men and boys were required to work for King Kwanga. King Kwanga was an evil man who treated all people harshly, especially the boys who worked for him. Charles and his friends learned about Christianity from the Society of Missionaries of Africa who were working in Uganda. They learned about Jesus and asked to be baptized. They became followers of Jesus Christ. The missionaries also tried to keep the boys safe from the king. One day, King Kwanga forced the missionaries to leave the country. So Charles began teaching people about Jesus. There were only a few hundred Christians in Uganda at that time. He also worked to protect his friends from the wicked king. The king became so angry that he ordered Charles and his friends to be put into prison and then killed in 1886. They were forced to walk 37 miles to the place where they were burned to death. Charles and his friends are called martyrs because they died for their faith. Charles Luanga and the other Ugandan martyrs were canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1964. St. Charles Luanga is the patron saint of African youth.
0: St. Charles Luanga and the 22 martyrs of Uganda pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12 verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying. He is one, and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, and he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint, Our Venerable Bede would say, For since they were confuted in argument, they ask him no further questions, but take him without any disguise, and give him up to the Roman power, from which we understand that the venom of envy may be overcome, but can hardly lie quiet. In other words, they couldn't trick him, they couldn't trap him, and they failed to arrest him to this point, so now they're going to give him over to be crucified. Adrian, what did you find?
6: Yes, yeah, so uh, Cornelius Lapide here talks about, he's focusing in on verse 33 and 34, which is uh, the last couple lines about, it's worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices, and you are not far from the kingdom of God. These two verses are actually bound up together for obvious reasons, that being, according to Cornelius Lapide, at the time, many of the scribes would actually hold sacrifices as above the greatest commandment, which our Lord states here. In fact, uh, the example Cornelius Lapide gives here is Matthew 15, 6, whenever the people and the scribes were talking about giving uh, their, their money to a korban, not taking care of their parents because they gave their money to the temple. But instead, our Lord shows that this is not what he desires. And in fact, Instead, of course, our Lord desires our sacrifices, uh, namely the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, but our Lord also chiefly requires the love of God and the love of neighbor. These two are the greatest commandments, and they are above every commandment. And the scribe who heard this recognized it and rejected the teaching that he had had held before and, and clung to the tradition that our Lord gave. And so our Lord tells him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But what does it mean to not be far from something? That means you're not yet there. You're not yet there. Why is he not yet there? Because he's still a Jew. He has not made himself a Christian. He has not uh, clung to the whole truth of the gospel. And so he's not far from the kingdom of God. yet. He's not saved yet. Um, It is said by Lapide that here on earth, we are the church militant and we are going to become the church triumphant in heaven. And he says, quote, Still as yet thou lackest faith to believe in me as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and to obey my commandments, so that thou mayest indeed become a Christian. And if thou wilt be perfect, leave
0: all things and follow me, as the apostles have done. All right, right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game. Thank you, Adrian, for that. And thank you, veraboom.com forward slash GRN for generously sponsoring our our Gospel Reflections. That's verboom.com forward slash GRN. The time has come. We're looking for a caller. Will you be that caller and play the game with us today? Three chances to get in on the prize. Right now, call. I'll get it out. Don't you worry. Uh, 877-757-9424. I'm getting there. 877-757-9424. I guess I need more coffee. 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back.
2: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love.
5: Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org.
1: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So, James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home.
3: Welcome to
6: another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance, and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot.
0: 877-757-9424. And now, your host... Joe McLean, eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. Phone lines are wide open. Your chance to win the prize could be great right now if you called eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Phone lines are open and ready for your call at eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. If you've never never played before, let me encourage you. You don't even need to know the answers. It's just that easy uh, because you because we don't ask you the questions. We ask them. But however. If you've played in, a, it's been a long time, well, call back. Now is a good chance. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. So here is the deal on Fear and Trembling. It's a Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell this to anyone, all right? Don't, don't share this publicly, but we like to do a few things on fear and trembling. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So there's always a question or two where you learn something you never knew before, and that's always a good thing. We like to have a laugh and our contestants tend to be good sports and and laugh along with us and praise be to God for that. And then of course, we like to give out prizes, making it kind of a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker if you're brand new. I do, in fact, have you know official Catholic trivia questions. I'm showing them to the camera audience. However, uh, we don't ask the caller, so they don't even need to know the answer to these questions in order to be a winner, and that's always awesome, isn't it? Praise be to God. Uh, so the deal is, I'll ask Janelle, I'll ask Adrian, one of them will be right, the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, the prize is generously given to us by ProudCatholicCompany.com. ProudCatholic. Company.com is, is our sponsor this week. We're very grateful. So we'll have three chances today, three chances tomorrow, and we'll pull out a name live on the radio, and yeah, we will announce that, and then they will get the prize. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. All right, so we did get some phone calls. Praise be to God. Thank you for calling in today. If you don't get in tomorrow, call tomorrow. Call early tomorrow. You'll get your chance, but let's go to the phones. Let's see. Um, Yasina. good morning to you.
9: Hi, good morning.
0: Praise be to God. Where are you from?
9: San Antonio, Texas.
0: San Antonio, Texas. I love the town. I, I grew up there. Praise be to God. Uh, what part of San Antonio are you from? On
9: the south side of San Antonio.
0: South, over by the missions? Uh,
9: a little bit further south, closer to Pleasanton. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, praise God. What church do you go to?
9: Uh, we go to um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel.
0: Nice. Very nice. Now, is, is it Yasina? Did I say that correctly?
9: Close
0: enough. It's Yesenia. Yesenia. Thank you for correcting me. Now, have yeah. you listened to the show before? Do you know how the game is played?
9: Yes, I, I listen every morning.
0: <laughs> ah, praise be to God. So then you know. You're, you're like a veteran at this. You, you know Adrian and Janelle, are, are they're very tricky people and they could fool you.
9: Yes, and there's days I think I got it right, and then I'm like, oh, wait,
0: that's the right. (laughs) But of course you also understand I, however, am your greatest advocate and am on your side. Yes. (laughs) Ah, You hear that, Adrian? You hear that? All right, here we go. Here we go. Question number one. Janelle, we'll start with you. Are you ready?
5: Yes, sir. Are you
0: sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? I'm very ready. Here we go. Indulgences. Take away what? Due to our sin. What do indulgences take away?
5: Okay. Well, I heard somewhere that indulgences take away the I in sin. So my answer is going to be that indulgences take away all of it. Just sin in general. Like just all of the sin.
0: Like delete? Yeah. Like like, wipe it out? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm, Control mm and delete. Like a Like a mulligan going on? Okay. Let's see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what do indulgences take away due to our sin? It takes away our temporal punishments due to sin. Hmm. Temporal punishments. Okay. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for they take away temporal punishments, or they just take away punishments due to our sin. And uh, Janelle is on the hook for they take all of it away. The sin itself is gone. Wiped out. Delete, delete, delete. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Yesenia. What say you?
9: I am going with Adrian,
0: temporarily. <laughs> You're temporarily going with Adrian? Is that what you just said? Sorry, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only teasing. <laughs> Survey says, yeah, praise be to God. Where's my, I need my dub button up for this. This is going to be good. Yeah, correct. In fact, uh, they, they don't remove sin itself. The confession does that though, right, Adrian? Yep. The uh,
6: only uh-huh. confession and a perfect of contrition can remove your sins. And uh, but indulgences are purely for the temporal punishments that are due to sin
0: are removed, yeah. So, praise to be to Treasury God. Of grace. Well done, Yasenya. That was pretty easy, wouldn't you say? It was pretty straightforward,
9: yes. Thank you,
0: yeah. You're welcome. I see, I told you I'm on your side here. Mm, uh, let, but we'll don't, don't look at me like that, Adrian. It's we'll true, see. I'm on their <laughs> side. All right, second question, we'll start with Adrian this time. Uh, let's see here, Adrian. Can you tell me? The church suffering refers to the members of the Catholic Church residing where? Well, I got to tell you, we
6: live in a valley of tears. I am exhausted. I am tired. And I think I'm suffering a lot. So I'm going to say right here on Earth and specifically at the GRN studio. But on Earth (laughs) is my answer. Wow. I'm just kidding. That was live.
0: (laughs) That was public. Okay. Wow, do you need a moment? Do you want? Do you need a hug? I mean, what's going on with it? All right, let's ask Janelle. <laughs> Janelle, save us here. Janelle, help us out. The church suffering refers to the members of the Catholic Church residing where?
5: Well, like yes, sure. I agree with Adrian that we are suffering here on Earth, but I'm going to go with purgatory. I'm
0: noticing a trend here. There seems to be something like going on between the two of you. Okay. Joe doesn't suffer at all. <laughs> Ask <laughs> my wife and None. kids. They'll tell you. It's all joy. It's all bliss. All right. So Janelle is on the hook for purgatory. The church suffering are in purgatory. And Adrian is on the hook for they. the church suffering are right here in this very studio with us. Well, on earth is the on answer. Earth. On earth. On earth. All right. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Yesenia, what say you? I say Janelle
9: with uh, purgatory.
0: Survey says... Duh. That's good. Yeah, good answer. Duh. Good answer. Praise be to God. You know, that's two purgatory-related questions back-to-back, because there's a link, right, uh, Adrian, between the, uh, the indulgences that take away punishments. Those punishments are in purgatory, are they not? Oh, yes, definitely. And uh, we, I think I mentioned the church
6: triumphant and the church suffering uh, during the Bible passage, I think, or church militant, rather, which is us on earth. So the, uh, those in the church suffering... You can actually offer indulgences for them, so the remission of their temporal punishment due to sin, and get them out of purgatory early
0: and into heaven. All right. Praise be to God. You're saying you did it. You're in the cup twice. You get one more shot. Now, Now you're saying, you're, okay, in all fairness, your master's in theology degree probably got you out of the last two questions fairly easily, but I'm not sure it's going to save you on this third one. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, it's going to be an easy one, trust me. All right. We're going to go back to Janelle. Here we go. Janelle, can you tell me which religious order had the motto for the greater glory of God? Which religious order had that for their motto, for the greater glory of God?
5: Ooh, can I get this in Latin?
0: Uh, Yes. Yes, you can.
5: Is it A.M. You can get it in Greek. Something?
0: You can get it in Russian. Art <laughs> uh, Yeah, of oh, like you, you, a
5: definition, though. No. <laughs> like, like All right, Swahili, I, uh, <laughs> French. I think it. it's the Jesuits.
0: Is that your answer? Yes, it's. Are you sure? I'm going to
5: go with Jesuits.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's see what. Uh, gee, I wonder what. I wonder what Adrian's going to say. Let's. Uh, let's see here. Adrian, can you tell me which re- which religious order had for their motto? For the greater glory of God. Mm. Uh huh. Yes, that would the uh, that's in
6: Latin, ad mejorem de gloria, mm-hmm. gloriam. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, the Cristeros.
0: The Cristeros yes. order. Yes, that's why they named the movie for Where's greater the, glory. Where, oh, I see. I see. I see. Hmm, with Andy Garcia. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Great actor, by the way. Uh, is he like the Abbot or. The superior of the order? I, or? I
6: don't know actors, to be honest. Okay. I have no idea.
0: So your answer is the Cristeros. What, what, what character was he? He was the general. Oh, okay. Have you, yeah. Do you watch movies? I'm curious. I don't know actors. Okay, names. so your answer is the Cristeros. Cristeros. Okay, so Adrian is on the hook for the Cristeros, and uh, Janelle is on the hook for the Jesuits. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? And who's doing it for the greater glory of God? Yesenia, what say you? Oh. Guys, uh, can I repeat your answers real quick? I'm sorry. <laughs> Janelle sorry. <laughs> says Jesuits, and Adrian says Cristeros. Okay, I
9: am going
0: with Janelle. Janelle, survey says.
2: Duh, duh.
0: Congratulations, Yesenia. You had a perfect score. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence three times. Praise be to God. Congratulations. But that music means I got to say goodbye. So we're going to put you on hold. Thank you for playing for us today. We had a great time. You were uh, such fun. Uh, We will put you on hold. Get your number in case it's God's will that you should win tomorrow. We pull the name out of the cup. But that's going to do it for the radio side. Please keep us in your prayers if you're going to go to Mass today. Otherwise, if you want to hang out with us, you can do so for the After Show right on our webpage at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
9: and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here
0: on your favorite Catholic radio station.
2: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and the After Show, where we conversate a little bit more casually, at least we hope to. Yesterday was a little bit of a crazy, bumpy ride over on the YouTube side, because a bunch of crazy people decided to come and disrupt things. That was fun. Uh, apparently, that's like a thing, right? They, uh, they, What website do they do they get their orders from? I forget. Uh, they said something uh, that some Twitch streamer, I don't know, I have okay. no idea. So some somebody on, somebody on Twitch said, hey, go attack these people. And then they all came running over. We blocked a ton of them. I don't know uh, if it'll happen again. If it does, by the way, you know we are live streaming on our website. So you can always use that as a backup. And plus, you can chat there as well at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. It's also a great place to hang out just because, you know what, in the event of censorship, we're allowed to say whatever we want on our own, on our own webpage versus what the overlords allow us to talk about. But at any rate, praise be to God. A bunch of people on today. Uh, Tammy, good morning to you. Mike K., good to see you, my friend. Uh, let's see. Jeff Burrier is here, and uh, he said, Dominic told Joe on Friday that he wanted to go to the beach over the summer break. I remember. He did. He was, like, excited. He was going to go to the beach. And uh, so they started their summertime fun by going to Jellystone Park in Canyon Lake, Texas. Nice. I haven't I went to Canyon Lake for my uh, uh, spring break of my senior year in high school. And uh, I was driving a, uh, I think it was, it was a Buick Skylark. I think it was a Skylark. Uh, And I can't remember the year. It was like a 1980, 82 or 81 Buick Skylark. And it had uh, had multi-colors. The hood and the front right fender were like a very light tan brown. And the rest of the car was like a lime green. And uh, the front passenger seat was broken, so my passengers were always laying down. And the muffler fell off when we were in Canyon Lake, so it sounded like a V8. And it, I always carried uh, a gallon of oil with me, used oil because I couldn't afford better. Because uh, it used took oil, you can. It took more oil than gas. It burned oil constantly. You can use get used oil oh sure yeah i go to a parts store you get used to oil. Wow. go to a garage like a mechanic shop they'll give you used oil at least they used to and then in order to start it i had to keep the choke open so i would sh- i shoved into the choke of the carburetor one of those like uh, uh tire pressure uh you know sticks i shoved that in there and kept it in there all the time so every time i would start the car especially in the winter time when it was cold flames would shoot out from under the hood every time it was super cool uh, i i had the the beloved nickname for the car was chewy at school so everybody called my car chewy and uh it was uh it was like a brother andre's it was a dog. crazy car go go ahead like brother andre's dog yeah brother yeah. andre's
6: dog yeah brother andre uh he augustinian monk he has a pet dog named chewy and he has his own Twitter account, and it's, he posts uh, pictures of him in a in a tiny um, uh, barrette, uh, beret, beret, beret. I can't think of word right now. <laughs> I my know my brain's like functioning. The, at the 20%. brain, the brain
0: shuts off soon. As the show's over. When the show's or over, the brain's the over shot, too. The, it's the, a, the brain shut off when the show started. <laughs> morning frog is is a is a definite issue um, now. Uh, yeah, but the, the, the funny thing about Chewy was we bought the car used, obviously. And I think we paid two hundred and fifty bucks for it the first time, and uh, and we we split the cost between three people. And my mother, my sister, my older sister drove it for for mo- most part, and then my mother drove it for a long time because it was the only car we had. And every day, Beretta, I had, a Beretta. and every so day, cool. uh, every day, I had to go fill, I had to go pump up the tire because it had a slow leak. And I did it with a little foot jack pump, right? And then uh, and then we gave the car to my best friend in high school, David Pineda. And he drove it for a while. And then when he went to the Marine Corps, uh, I bought it back from him for 50 bucks. 50 bucks? <laughs> so 300 bucks is the total cost of the vehicle after four people have driven it. Now, it, it, we had a great time. And that thing drove and drove and drove. I mean, it was it was held together by duct tape, but... And it was not legal. There's no way. I, I mean, I don't remember how we got that thing to pass inspection. I really don't. It was, it was probably a lick it, back a, then? a lick it and stick it situation. <laughs> it's crazy. But, man, did it feel good, even with that piece, uh, that lemon, the, to uh, be able to have freedom to drive around. Boy, we, we had a good time with that. All right. Um, I'd love to know, what was your first car? That'd be kind of fun to know today. What was your first car, your very first car? Mine, again, was a, like a, I think it was like an 82- Uh, Buick Skylark, 81, 82, 83, something like that. I can't remember exactly the year, but it was a Buick Skylark. Tammy, Mr. Thomas Anderson, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez and Angelo, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Sean, it's good to see you, my friend. Patty Armando, your dad was here. Bruce Tolman, praise be to God. Good morning. Ubi, it's good to see you again. You haven't been on in a while. It's good to see you back. Uh, Let's see who else is over here. Jesus Robles, friend of the channel. Praise, praise be to God. He liked the Cristero answer. Thought that was funny. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah. Lori, good morning. Good morning. Luz, good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, see, Maureen is here and Susan Weber and Don. Praise be to God. Monica Cortez, good morning to you. Joaquin, thanks for hanging out with us. Gloria, Deanne Lopez, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
6: You know what I find really funny? Not uh, me, I'm a
0: guess. Typically, typically not.
6: No, um, the, the I posted on Facebook uh, for the month of June instead of focusing on the deadliest of sins, pride. Let us consecrate ourselves, all we own, and our families to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And of course, everybody got very upset with me because I am homophobic because of posting that. Um, not sure how that works exactly, but um, it there. There you go. Uh, but what, what amuses me and makes and makes me laugh is this uh, thing that the left tries to play, and it's like it's like ubiquitous. No matter who it is, they always play the same card. They're like, why do you care so much about uh, what people are doing in their private lives? Or, they're not bothering you, why do you keep commenting on it? Why don't you talk about something else? And they list a bunch of other things that I should be talking about and not this. Um, and the thing is, they're the ones that keep bringing it up. They have posted. There's billboards. How I uh, I drive over to work and there's billboards all over the city. Pride flags. The Houston Texans are, have decked out their social media with uh, with gay flags. Um, everything. Blues. Um, clues, the building. TV two doors shows. Down. Two. Yeah. The building as I'm coming in is glowing uh, with the uh, with the rainbow colors. They are flying uh, gay pride flags at the Vatican.
0: How come we do not fly um, a straight flag? I'm just curious
6: because there's no such thing. Because oh darn, cause it's just called being normal. Hey, um, um, and and it just drives me nuts because they try to gaslight you and try to say, "Oh, you, why do you care so much about it? Why are you always talking about it?" It's like, how do we not? It's just it's being shoved in our faces
0: yeah, all it, the time. And it is that's true. It has become uh, a major in our face kind of a topic, and it's being crammed down our throats to accept it no matter what. It's a definite issue. Uh, going back to cars real quick. Mr. Thomas says my first car was a 1982 Mercury Bobcat. I just looked it up, man. That thing is lo- that thing would look super cool today if you could uh, get one, get your hands on one of those, and maybe do like an LS swap in it or something, and uh, maybe put some disc brakes on it. it woof, that thing would be a, a sleeper car. That'd be awesome. I like that. The Mer- I've never seen a Mercury Bobcat before. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he says I bought the car because my hands and my ears froze when I got to go to college at night. Uh, before that, I rode a bike. I worked all summer in school to buy it for twelve hundred dollars. Wow! That, that was was that brand new, Mr. Thomas? Brand new for twelve hundred bucks? Could you imagine? I mean, buying uh, buying a brand new car for twelve hundred dollars, and that was a lot of money. Of course, my father was over uh, was at the house over the weekend, and he was telling me that as a private in the army, when I was just a little little toddler, to two years old, he made like a hundred and fifty bucks a month. That was his pay for married with two kids. 150 bucks a month. That's crazy, isn't it? Mike K. says he had a Mercury Bobcat in burnt orange. I'm, I'm seeing a picture of that right now. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Betty says uh, first car was a 76 Buick Regal. Nice. Wow. Betty. Uh, that's pretty cool. Let me look that up real quick. I want to see what the. Oh, yes. Now, that, too. If you could get your hands on one of those today, I think that would be a pretty slick car to have today. If it was like, you know, fixed up, nice and in great condition, even original, even original. Now, the problem with the, the, mid, the, the, problem with the 70s American uh, land yachts was that the engines were robbed of power because of emission standards. So they had these massive V8 engines in them with no power. And uh so they were very slow, but comfortable. Ooh, super comfortable. My mother had my mother had an eighty a brand new, I think it was an eighty four Cadillac Eldorado, midnight blue, and it drove like a dream. I loved that car. It was so nice. Uh Jeff Burrier, ninety four Ford F one fifty. Ford F one hundred fifties have come a long way though, haven't they, Jeff? I mean, they're 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 essentially the new Cadillacs these days. They're like Super fancy. I mean, like, look at uh, Adrian has a has a super fancy Ram 1500.
6: Dodge Ram 1500,
0: 2009. Yeah, it's got all the bells and whistles, right?
6: Um, not really. I should actually take it in and and install leather seats, uh, maybe a Bluetooth um, radio so I can uh, hook my phone up to it yeah uh, but it, it's a good car I like it a lot it's very good
0: but the trucks these days I mean I just looked at a picture of the 94 f-150 way more sparse compared to what's out today like the basic truck today is still it's it still has more comfort features in them than oh yeah than the older trucks yeah, for
6: sure for sure and then
0: of course the high-end trucks today I mean why buy a Rolls Royce? Why spend $200,000 when you can spend seventy five on a truck and have all the same features and bells and whistles and ride? Ex- I mean, I was in a truck a month and a half ago that was like the Platinum Edition F-150 and it massaged my back <laughs> while we were riding down the road. These it's trucks insane. are now, uh, insane. they're status symbols now. Yeah. they uh most
6: uh, if you want a uh workman's truck you, you they I mean they still sell pickup trucks the way they used to but uh these big old Ford F150s they're really uh they're status symbols you know it's like the the middle class status symbol um and i i like it <laughs> i think um i mean i don't have a Ford F150 it's not a ginormous truck like that but I, you know i like the idea behind having a truck as a, as a as a symbol as a status symbol of having you know enough money to have a nice good truck but also having something that's practical and able to uh, to do something with now I like i'm
0: it. i'm willing to bet that that 94 uh ford f-150 that jeff mentions could still be on the road running is it still on the road jeff those things will go they will go if you keep if you take care of them, they will go. Now, Mike K. said he had a 73 Dodge Charger. That was your first car, Mike? A 73 Dodge Charger? Was it brand new? Like, mean, what did you pay for that? Like, good grief. These things are collectibles. 73 Dodge Charger, that's super awesome.
5: He said it was nine years old.
0: Nine years old when you got it? I wonder how much you paid for that. Uh, they've, they've, uh, they, they are very valuable these days, I, I imagine. Um,
5: Mr. Thomas asks Adrian, why did he choose a GMC and not a Toyota?
6: Uh, well, I have a, I have a Dodge Ram and it uh, was my dad's. And so uh, it's kind of funny. He told me whenever I turned 16, he would give me the truck because uh, he bought it. I was in, I guess, fifth grade, I guess, whenever he bought it. And uh, so it was a 2009. It was new when he bought it. And, uh, when I turned 16, uh, my mom was like, don't tell him you're going to give it to him unless you're going to actually give it to him. And, uh, my dad was like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it to him. Yeah. And, uh, and so I turned 16. I was like, Hey dad, remember you said you'd give me your truck? Uh, when I turned 16 and he was like, ah, gosh, darn it. And so he, uh, gave me the keys to the car. And so I actually just finished paying it off, uh, last month month ago. Praise be to God. It's paid off now.
0: Congratulations. Praise be to God. That's a big step. Buddy Kane says uh, he had a 1974 Galaxy. That is a cool car, too. Whoa. You guys had some very cool first cars. I'm jealous. <laughs> my car, this is the, uh, what, I can't remember again what year my, uh, my Buick Skylark was, but it was, it was an old beater. Uh, and, uh, man, nothing compared to this. The, the Galaxy is a super cool car. Now, was it the convertible, Buddy, or was it the, uh, the hard top? If it was the convertible, man, you had—you must have been the coolest kid in high school, driving that thing around. Uh, Let's see here, who else? Uh, Bruce Tolman says he had a 1990 Chevy Corsica with Pontiac Grand Am alloy rims. Now that is less. There was probably less cool points for the '90 Chevy Corsica. I'm going to say that out loud, so I'm sorry, Bruce. But now I will say this. It's a reliable car, right? I mean, it was like a a, a very practical. Got gotcha. you. It's an A to B car. You don't get a lot of cool points in high school for a Corsica, but I bet the engine worked pretty well. I had a I had a uh, Eurosport. I had a Chevy Eurosport. I could practically drive that thing into the ground. The engine would still be running. Jeff said that he said, yeah, the 2021
6: F-150 is super cool. Now I drive the 2001 F-150 that I bought new when I came home from Christmas break from army basic training. That's super cool. The, I, you know, I, I just love it. Like uh, the, the, these trucks, like you can get a really nice luxury truck, uh, that is, uh, the, it can do everything that a workman's truck can do, but it's nice, comfortable, has all the bells and whistles for like half the cost of a cheap luxury vehicle. So, I mean, I love it. It's like, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think, um, if I could, uh, if I would splurge on a, Brand new truck. I, 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 you could spend like at at the highest level. That if you were like yeah. going to spend all your money and get yeah. the best truck, seventy five. Like, yeah, I was going to say like fifty thousand. No, I guess you could it, like the take, platinum editions get up to about seventy five. Yeah, you know? so I mean you don't even break a hundred. Whereas yeah. like if you want a luxury car, right, you're going to be spending like hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars. That
0: was my point. Is that if you bought a Rolls Royce, you know uh, something like that, well, then you're way up there. You're way up there, but you're not going to be less comfortable in a $75,000 top-of-the-line Ford F-150. You're going to be very comfortable. They're incredible. Uh, they're like couches on wheels. They're And their the tech level is so out of this world. It's it's incredible. And they're going electronic now. I mean, I, if, if I could buy any truck, that new Hummer EV would seriously be a contender. If I had the money, that Hummer EV is pretty darn awesome. Um, that might be uh, something in the future. Who knows? Uh, Kathy says uh, the... F, uh, 1950
6: white Ford Falcon convertible. Whoa! When Emily broke down on the way to work, brought back bad memory of me breaking down in Boston in rush hour. People oh. honking, screaming, giving me the finger. Yes. Stressful.
0: Now that's a cool car though. The, white, the 1950 Ford Falcon convertible or no? That is a super cool car. Kathy, good grief. I hope you didn't get rid of that. That is a cool car. Now, it's funny you mentioned that. My wife also, as you know, Kathy, my wife is from Peabody, just down the street from you there in Danvers. And, uh, you know, as a teenager, she got stuck in on, uh, in on the, the big green bridge that's no longer there anymore. Uh, she got stuck there in Boston. And ever since then, she has great anxiety driving on on highways in fact where we live here in the houston metro area she she does not drive on the highways at all at all so if if the family gets anywhere it's because i'm driving us she won't drive anywhere unless it's a back road a feeder road something like that and it's because of the the whole breakdown thing in boston now she had a a stranger come to her rescue gave her money put gas in her car let him use the phone the whole deal and took uh, got her back where she got to go and even still, she has still a lot of anxiety she's, she's held all these years. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, David L. from New Hampshire says, My first car was a 1976 Ford LTD. You guys, your first cars were super cool. Why is my car like so, so crazy? Your cars
6: are cool. Mike said, uh, Beater cars are the right car for a first one, particularly for boys who will wreck it, LOL. I can happily say I've never wrecked my car and uh yeah i think i i don't think i've ever been in an accident before
0: now mr thomas you asked me what year my skylark was that's the problem i don't truly remember it, i want to say it was like a, an early 80s buick skylark i just can't remember the exact year i'd have to i'd have to ask my family for a r- reminder of it but that car stuck around for years even after i went to the marine corps now my second car i was in the marine corps i was at tustin marine corps air station in california and me and two other Marines pitched in to purchase a 73 Renault. And it cost 50 bucks total. 50 bucks total. We all pitched in, covered the cost, and it had one working brake. It was the front uh driver's side brake. And every time i would I was the only one who had the, the the courage to drive the thing. It had three gears on the on the steering column. It was a three manual three gear on the column and every time I hit the brake the the brake would uh, it would lurch left pretty hardcore and then of course uh, it the brake would catch fire, and smoke would come billowing out. And I ditched it in a Kentucky Fried Chicken parking lot at what? Huntington Beach, California. Uh, surely the cops and the fire department were all going to come and haul us away for driving this this, this wreck of a car on the road. Uh, but we sat there and ate chicken, looking out the window, waiting for the, the, the authorities to arrive. And no one ever did. And eventually the smoke stopped, and I drove it back to base. <laughs> and I don't think we drove it much after that because <laughs> it was too dangerous. It was just too dangerous. It was hilarious. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, King Ford. King Ranch Ford is this in the 60s as well. Wow. Beater cars. I do agree with you, Mike. Uh, my, as I said, my first many cars. My first many cars are all beaters. The first time I had a good car, it wasn't even mine. It belonged to my, my uh, fiance, She my wife, who is now my wife. She purchased, She purchased. I think it was a 99 Nissan Pathfinder, and it was the first car that I got to drive. And then when we got married, owned um, that was a nice car. And then I totaled it, nearly uh, killing my wife, putting her in the hospital by driving it into the back of a uh, of a pickup truck. Unfortunately, why don't we do this? Russia blocks access to Pornhub
6: and tells it, tells its people to meet someone in real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, why why does why does America not do that? Why, it's there this whole idea of freedom of
0: speech we should just block it just stop whoa just stop it amen i would agree uh mike k says he has a 90, 1962 ford falcon in the garage you guys got cool cars like i don't have the, the cool car story i need a cool car story here these these cars are awesome i'm looking them up i'm just googling them and they're just a pretty amazing hard top for buddy's car uh, Bruce, uh, we talked about his Corsica. Now, Glenn had a had a '69 Ford Fairlane, cost nine hundred bucks. Wow, nine hundred bucks! It, was it brand new, Glenn, or was that used? What year did you buy that thing? That's a cool car, too. The Ford Fairlane. Wow, I would love to own that car today. Only I'd want it. Uh, I kind of. I would probably want that one hot rodded. To be honest with you, that'd be cool. And because a car like a car like that would be better if it had like some real power versus the original power, which was not that much. Um, what else? Who else? What were your first cars? Who I'm trying to look everywhere else. Joe, you are the one uncle that kept the beater car running. <laughs>
6: That's Melanie true. said, "By the way, I loved Trish Short's her yeah. rendition of the Divine Mercy Chaplet was the first I heard, and it is my favorite. I can't listen to any other version." <laughs> I have to take a listen. I actually have. I don't think I've heard it. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember. I don't. I, There's several I so like versions have, of it, but I don't remember.
0: Yeah, that her version's been playing on EWTN for a very long time.
6: Kathy says, "Joe, I'm with your wife to this day. I always drive back roads. Didn't have AAA, no cell phones. I bought car in 1967." It had a lot of issues, didn't last long, but I thought it was I was cool driving it. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing in the uh in the east, the northeast, uh Midwest. People don't really drive that much. I know Emily, when she was here, she was like she had just gotten her license and she only got it because she was going to the novitiate and they told her to get a license. Um it's kind of weird. Like for me, being in Texas, it's like everyone gets her license as soon as they turn sixteen or like, where uh, it's it's like a rite of passage. You you want to get your license
0: ASAP.
5: <laughs> I didn't get mine when I was uh, sixteen. I got mine when I was eighteen or nineteen, I think.
0: Now, do you have a, a car yet?
5: Not of my own. Okay. I sh- I share cars with my family. So,
0: what are you looking at? It's Like the uh, the Porsche Carrera GT, or
5: I don't know cars, Mister like
0: Joe. I don't. Or you want to go classic? Go like a Ferrari three. I don't you know. know. My, my dad has
5: like an that. FJ Cruiser. Um, what? Yeah. Those
0: are actually in demand, too. Yeah. Because they don't make them anymore. I went
5: to church one time at Our Lady of Walsingham, and like I went into the church, and then at, right after Mass, this guy stops me, and he's like, can I have your car? Like, <laughs> are you selling your car? <laughs> can I buy your <laughs> <cruiser>? <laughs> Can I buy your car? <laughs>
0: yeah. People like those uh, now. Uh, off-roaders, mostly. They take them, and then they... Because uh, they were already had some off-road capability as standard, but then they, they soup them up a little bit more, and then they, uh, they, oh, yeah. they like to have them for the off-road scene. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the FJ Cruiser is a pretty interesting vehicle. It's just like the Ford Excursion, right? The Ford Excursion, I was telling my dad this the other day, um, the, they stopped making the Ford Excursion like in 2010. Uh, it's a massive, massive SUV. It's probably you know one of the biggest SUVs ever made, if it's not the biggest. And it came with a couple of different engine sizes. It could haul all of your people, all of their people's things, and still haul another 20,000 pounds or 15 to 20,000 pounds or something like that behind it it was just monstrous and massive and awesome wow. uh, but they stopped making them because they were gas guzzlers and at a time where people were going to fuel, fuel efficiency well now fast forward people are still buying these things even though they have huge miles on them they're still spending 30 to 40 thousand dollars a copy for these things even though they're old and high miles they, they can't uh, – a good example of one goes for big bucks. It's crazy. It's awesome, though. Kathy says uh, – uh, or no, Mr. Thomas is asking uh, Miss Kathy what her model was on her car. Betty says her friend had a 72, 72 Chevelle with a 454. Wow. <laughs> That's big stuff right there. Who is the guest tomorrow? That's a great question, Bruce. Who is the guest tomorrow? I don't know, Adrian and Janelle. You tell me. Who is our guest tomorrow? Hmm. That's a, I, I'm glad you asked that, Bruce. Thanks for uh, asking. We don't that. have a guest for tomorrow. <sighs> Guess what they're doing for the rest of the day. Glenn says, when married in, in 76, Diane had a 65 VW bug. Too many stories to tell about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the bug, Glenn, or, or no? Now, the bugs are interesting, too. Remember when they used to make the super bugs? People would, we would soup those things up. I see, I see some every now and again. Yeah, the four Excursion is a beast. Now, hold on. What did he say? Jesus Robles drove an excursion to prom. (laughs) Did you bring all your friends with you? I mean, it's like driving a stretched limo, for crying out loud. Melanie's first car was a mustard yellow four-door hatchback Toyota Corolla, AM only on the radio. Nice. Jesus' first car was an 84 Dodge Ram Charger, 17 years old. It was so wide, I thought I would not fit on the road. (laughs) <laughs> Lori says uh, her first car that actually paid for a Chrysler Cordova with a 440 engine. Oh wow! What year was that? Lori paid 600 bucks. Oh, she says it was a '74. 74. A '74 74, uh, Chrysler Cordova. That's super cool. You guys said some neat first cars. Uh, let me. See. I'm just gonna type that. Glenn out.
6: said he had to um, often push his car to start it. Yes. See, uh, Adrian, has that ever happened to you, ever? Not to my truck, but to my dad's car. Whenever he'd take us to football practice, <laughs> uh, that would happen all the time. We'd have to push it and uh, start it. And then we would, uh, his, the windows wouldn't roll down. We, he stuck a block of, uh, a, of a plank of wood in it because the windows would roll down on their own. Uh, it was a nice. pretty, pretty beat up car. It was a Honda. Sweet. I can't remember what kind of Honda it was, but it lasted a long time.
0: Do you guys, okay, so uh, Lori, the Cordova, nice-looking car, huge engine, low power, unfortunately. Do you remember the commercials with Ricardo Montalban? He was the biggest Chrysler uh, advocate. Of course, they paid him to do so for many years, but he had some great car commercials for, for, the, uh, for the Cordova. You should, you should YouTube them. They're pretty cool to watch. Now, how many people, raise your hand, how many people here remember the time? driving beaters when you would pull up to a stoplight and you would wonder am i going to make it through this light would this engine die on me right here right now am i going to have to get how many people have gotten halfway through the intersection and the car dies on you and you got to get out and you got to push the car off 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 the intersection and off the road and out of the way cuz everybody's honking at you and calling your names how many people have done that i've done that so many times <laughs> It's crazy. It's so funny to think back on those times. Like I guess I've been so uh, spoiled, rotten these past, I don't know, two decades or whatever, that I've had fairly reliable cars since then, although I've had many car problems. But I don't get stuck at at, uh, lights anymore, wondering if the car is not going to idle anymore and uh, can't get it started because it's gas-starved or whatever. That's funny. Praise be to God. Uh, what else? Let's see. Rich Corinthian, yes. Rich Corinthian leather. Ricardo Montalban. God rest his soul. Great guy in uh, in in Joseph of Cupertino, by the way. One of my favorite Ricardo Montalban films is the uh, is the black and white film. He played a Franciscan monk in. He was good in that. Lori says, when they first opened the tollways, my brake's still at work and I kind of slid through <laughs> slid through it as, as the toll tech watched me, then had to buy a new master and uh master cylinder, I guess, and uh <laughs> had to replace it for all four tires. I can oh see that. Oh, my goodness. That's you see Gloria's comment. <laughs> April Fool's joke my husband played oh on the kids goodness. when they were teenagers, acted like it died at the light, and they had to push out. That's <laughs> horrible. That's a great that's... idea. I may do that to my kids. Oh, darn, the car's dead. You're going to have to get out and push while I steer. That's so funny, actually. I love it. That's a great. That's a great joke. God bless you guys. All right, well, uh, we survived it. We were able to have a fun conversation without the crazy people. God love you, God bless you. I have no idea who the the guest is tomorrow, but uh, there'll be somebody. It'll all be good. We'll have a great show, and hopefully you'll come back and hang out with us. God bless you, God love you. We'll see you then. Take care.
3: joining